This is More Than Conquerors with your Bible teacher, Pastor Ray Hegestilianos. As a teaching pastor for more than 35 years, Pastor Ray's heart and vision is simply to build up God's army, enabling them to stand strong in their faith. As the senior pastor at Living Word Christian Church in White Plains, New York, Pastor Ray will challenge you today to begin your walk in integrity and victory, forever changing your life as transformed by the power of God. More Than Conquerors is supported by the generous gifts of listeners like you. You can find us online by going to livingwordchurch.org. Perhaps no one in the Bible suffered more persecution, met more opposition, or was attacked more ferociously for preaching the gospel than Paul the Apostle. Paul was a radical Christian, simply sold out to God. Nothing moved him, knocked him off course, distracted or caused him to change his mind about the things of God. Paul was firmly planted with a passionate position on who he was in Christ, what he believed, and what he knew his purpose to be. Perhaps that is why Pastor Ray, in this exciting two-day series entitled Living a Laser-Focused Lifestyle, uses Paul's very own words in describing the lifestyle he felt we should all imitate. Pastor asks, are our priorities simply out of order? Are the things of God still first, or are we using the things of life as an excuse not to serve Him as radically as we should? Here's Pastor with more on that Apostle Paul laser-focused lifestyle. I want to go to Acts chapter 20, and um, I want to start in verse 18. And it says, And when they had come to him, he said to them, this would be Paul, You know from the first day that I came to Asia, in what manner I always lived among you. So Paul is telling them, look, I've been very open and honest in the way that I live, and I've tried to live a very open life before you. And I think that that's very fitting for a man of God or a woman of God, um, a, a fitting for them and the way they should live, open and honest and transparent. And he says in verse 19, he says, Serving the Lord with all humility and with many tears and trials which happened to me by the plotting of the Jews. So Paul uh, admits that he had a lot of trouble. I like to say this, that we believers who serve God with humility and serve God with uh, a heart of honesty and a heart of integrity, we are going to go through persecutions. How many of you agree with me? You know, life as a Christian isn't a bed of roses. We are going to have persecution. I often like to say that if you're not sometimes being persecuted, then you maybe better check yourself and see if you're really, you know, doing something for God. Because the devil doesn't have to bother with people who are not doing anything. He's only trying to bother people who are doing something. And Paul is saying here, look, I've lived open and honestly before you, and I've I've done all of this, and and you know I've given my whole heart. And he says in verse 20, he says, How I kept back nothing that was helpful to you, but proclaimed it to you and taught you publicly. from So he's telling them, I, I've given my life to God and to you and to serving. You know, you know, I like to say that Paul was radical. Paul was not just a humdrum kind of Christian. He was, he was into the, he was sold out for God. And sold out to his call. Now, not everybody's called to be a minister, but we're all called to be sold out for God. And we're all called to be servants of the Lord and to serve God in whatever capacity God gives you to serve him, whether it be in the church or outside of the church, in some sort of ministry, whatever it is, we're all called to serve God at some level. And Paul is saying, hey, look, I want to lay this down for you. I want to just tell you that I've served you with sincerity and honesty and integrity, and I've lived my life openly before you. I've 
kept nothing back, but I've given everything that I could give, I've given it to you. That's the way we ought to live as believers. As a matter of fact, you know, sometimes we hold back in our walk with God and our service to God. And really what it brings on is weariness in your life. In the book of Jeremiah, Jeremiah says that I have become weary from forbearing. I've become weary from holding back. We can't hold back. God has ignited us with His love. God has filled us with His purposes. God has set us loose into the world. And we've got to give everything we've got for the kingdom of God. There's too many complacent Christians that are around today. There are too many people that, you know, their, their Christian walk and their, their relationship with God is, is just, you know, an occasional uh, 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 thing. It's not, a, it's not a consistent, constant, on fire, radical, come on, are you with me? Radical um, position or stance. We've got to be radical for God. See, the world will tell you to pipe down. You know, there are even are churches around that are, you know, uh, cooling down. This is not a time for us to cool down. This is a time for us to fire up. This is a time for us to get filled up. This is a time for us to be thinking, Lord, how can I serve you? What can I do for you? How can I impact this world? It, God may just call you to pray. But not just, you know, uh, little prayers, but maybe, you know, you're going to take time, an hour of your day, and just get down and pray intercessory prayers for other Christians, for the church, for the work, for ministry, for, for your pastor, whatever it be. We've got to become passionate with whatever work God gives us to do. Can I get a better amen than that? And you see, the enemy's got so many people all frazzled, chasing your own tail, that we don't. We don't, you know, we don't even think we have a purpose, but folks, you have a purpose. There's a reason why you're in this earth. God has filled you with something and God has gifted you with something to use not just for yourself and selfish gain, but for the kingdom of God. Can somebody give me a better amen than that? And Paul is identifying this. He's laboring to, to explain to them, listen, I've done the best that I can do. I've given all with humility and purpose. And I poured out my heart. I've held nothing back. But I've gone from house to house. I've traveled from here to there to just teach you the Word of God and impart to you the Word of God. How I kept back nothing that was helpful but proclaimed it to you. See, we can't hold back what is helpful to the body of Christ. Amen. Too many people I know are holding back their service in the kingdom. They're holding back their gifts in the kingdom. The gifts and the talents and the abilities that God has given them, they're holding them back and they're getting weary. And some of them are even giving up because they held back. Paul said, I didn't hold back anything. A lot of times what we do as believers is we hold back because you know, the weather isn't right, or I have a hangnail, or my dress didn't fit, or my pants didn't fit. Come on, are you or I had an argument with my husband, or my wife, you know, didn't cook for me, or whatever it be. We had a bed and we hold back. This is not time to hold back. This is the time to pour it out with everything you've got. Come on, give me a better amen than that. How I kept back nothing that was helpful, but proclaimed it to you and taught you publicly and from house to house, testifying to Jews and also to Greeks, repentance towards God and faith towards our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, the two most important things to preach and teach, repentance, in other words, get people saved, and then teach them faith. Faith, how to live by faith. Faith in Jesus Christ and faith in His Word. Come on, somebody give me a better amen. And now he says in verse 22, 
And see now I go bound in the spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will happen to me there. In other words, I'm just, I'm just following my spirit. Now, would you be willing to go even if you knew that you were going to be persecuted? You know, so I'll be honest with you. There were things that I've, you know, places I've, that God has taken me and things. If I had known the persecution I was going to experience, I probably wouldn't have done it. But Paul had an inkling that something, something was not right. That he, he, the Holy Spirit was prompting him that there are chains and there are persecutions waiting you. But listen to Paul's, I love this. Listen to what Paul says. But none of these things move me. Whoa. None of these things. Listen to the constitution this man had. Listen to the commitment that he had. I've been through all of this stuff. I've held back nothing. I've worked on good days, bad days, up days, down days, sick days, healthy days. I've given everything I could give. And I know that I'm going and the Holy Spirit warns me that I'm going to run into persecutions. But none of these, th- let me tell you what, this is radical Christianity, folks. This is hot on fire for God that I don't see, uh, you know, really happening in this modern church today. We just want everything cushy, nice, just, you know, my name is Jimmy, gimme, gimme, gimme. Don't ask me to do anything. Don't ask me to, you know, uh, to upset my life, my lifestyle, or interrupt my, my, my cushy, comfy life. But Paul says, I've held back nothing. I've given everything. I, I've done everything. Now I'm going, and I know I'm going into persecution, but none of these things move me. I want to ask you, are the things that are going on in your, in your life moving you? Or are you laser focused in what God has called you to do? Laser focused on the word of God, laser focused on serving God, being firmly planted in the house of God, doing the work of God and continuing in the word of God. It's the only way you're ever going to see anything really happen in your life. You can't be a part-time Christian. You know, I've said this so many times. You can't be a part-time Christian and think you're going to get full-time results or full-time rewards or full-time benefits. You got to be a full-time Christian. So there's too many believers that are, well, I, I love the Lord. I believe in God, but I don't go to church. I don't tithe. I don't help. I don't participate. I don't roll up my sleeves. I don't love anybody. I don't help a neighbor. I don't do anything that God's called me to do because it might be inconvenient for me. But Paul says, all of these things I've done, I've put everything in, but yet none of these things move me from pursuing the call and the purpose that God has for my life. Wow. That's called, let me tell you what, that's called constitution. That's called commitment. That's called laser focused on what God would have for him to accomplish. None of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself. Oh my God, do we need this lesson in the body of Christ? Because I believe that there's so much that's focused on people trying to protect and build their own individual personal lives that we have lost this whole idea of losing ourselves for the purposes of Jesus Christ. We can't hold anything dear to ourselves in this life. God's given us all things in this life for us to enjoy, and we ought to enjoy them, but we cannot allow these things to keep us from fulfilling the purpose that God has us in this life. I don't know if I'm talking to anybody, but... I'm encouraging myself as I think about this. He says, I hold nothing dear to my life. I do not count my life dear to myself. And he says, so that I may finish my race. Because when you start clinging to this life, 
you really compromise the race. When you start clinging to things in this life, when you start clinging to your own life, when you start clinging to the material things in this life, when these become more important than living for Jesus and doing the will and doing the work of God, then it says, you know, we really compromise our ability to finish the race that God has called us to. So we, we ought to enjoy this life, and God's not against people having stuff. I love stuff. I have stuff, and I enjoy my stuff. But this is secondary to my relationship with God and the call of God and the purpose of God. You can never become so high and mighty that you're, you're, you're not humble enough to reach out to somebody and reach down to somebody and love on somebody who might be hurting or might need help. Or Is this, is this helping anybody here today? I don't, I don't want to be acceptable by you and not acceptable by God. I, I, want, I want the whole world to know that I'm a Christian. I want all the world to know that, that I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus. You may not agree with me. You may not like what I have to say. But I'm not ashamed of it. And Paul, this is what Paul is saying. He says, I don't count my life dear to myself so that I may finish my race. In other words, if I start holding on to this world, I'm not going to finish my race. I'm not going to come to the finality or the conclusion of what God has for me to do in this life. That's why we've got to all the time, you know, unburden ourselves from the affections and the attractions and the, you know, of this world. Am I speaking to anybody? Because we're called to live for God and we're called to be radical for God. I mean, not be stupid. You know, I'm not going to get up in the restaurant and say, hey, everybody, let's start praying. You didn't pray before you ate. You're not going to do that kind of stuff. But me, for, as for me and my house, not for you, but as me and, for me and my house, we're going to serve God with everything we've got. Come on, are you with me? Somebody give me a better amen than that. So, so Paul says, none of these things move me. Nothing is going to move me. We're in this Christian race so that we can be radical, that we can be effective, that we can do something for Jesus that we can get to the destination and fulfill our call and our vision and to do it with great joy. I don't know about you, but when I live radically for Jesus, I get the greatest reward. I feel so happy on the inside when I stand up against darkness, when I'm, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I, I, I refuse to back down. Come on. I live in the public eye, you know, radically. Everybody knows that I'm a Christian. I'm not ashamed of it. I don't care what you think about me. I stand for godly principles, whether you agree or you don't agree, whether it politically lines up with you or not. I'm going to stand for what is right because we live in a world where right is wrong and wrong is now being called right. I want to finish my race with joy. So when I live radically for Jesus, when I live like I'm supposed to be living for God and giving my all and serving and helping to build the kingdom of God, that brings the greatest joy and reward and satisfaction to my life. And this is what Paul is saying. So I don't count my, my life dear to myself. That I may finish my race and finish my race with great joy. Because what good would it be to get through your whole life knowing that you were half-stepping with God holding back from God, not living the way you should be living, not doing the Word of God and doing what God... You see, that's why wherever I see something in the Word of God where the Lord asks something of me, I want to do it. I want to be obedient to the Word because I want to finish my race 
and I want to do it with great joy. So when I get to the end, I say, Lord, I did everything I can do. I wasn't perfect. I made some mistakes along the way. But you know, I repented of those mistakes. Thank you for your forgiveness. But, but overall, Lord, you know my focus was on doing the work that you've given for me to do. Being, you know, I, I, I was radical. I stood up for you, even sometimes to my own embarrassment or to my own, you know, sh- not shame, but the scorn that comes upon you for living for Jesus. Criticism, ridicule, whatever it be. Or just the devil's persecution. Am I speaking to anybody here tonight? But when you get to the end, there's going to be joy in your heart because you know that you lived for God. And God was first. Business wasn't first. So many people have things, their priorities out of alignment. Work and profession and career and money making has become the priority. And the priority ought to be God and God first. And I'm going to do what pleases God. And I'm going to do what God requires of me. That's first and foremost. Everything else is second. I've heard so many lame excuses of why people can't serve God in the house of God, in the church, or come to church on a regular basis. Lame excuses. That's because you're holding your life dear to yourself. Your life has become more important than putting God first. Now it's getting quiet in here. Well, it's true. You're counting your life as dear to yourself. I've, I've, you know, I've got work. I've got business. I've got this. I've got that. You're counting your life dear, and you're using that as an excuse to put God second instead of putting him first. When you live in the fear of the Lord, and I'm not talking afraid of him, but the reverence and the respect for God, God always takes first place. It's, it's you first everything else becomes second. We can talk about priorities at some point, but God is first. My relationship with him is number one. Everything else comes under that. So you can't hold your life dear to yourself because you won't finish your race. You won't finish your race and you certainly won't do it with joy. He said, I don't hold my life dear to myself. None of these things move me. Not going to let anything move me. And I don't hold my life dear to myself. I'm just living radically for Jesus Christ. And you know the upshot about, you know, you know the real truth about it is, is really this. That when you live that way for the Lord and when you put him first and you consistently put God first in your life. Well, here's the verse. You know the verse in Matthew says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. In other words, be hot and passionate for the things of God. Let God And service to the Lord and service in the kingdom be first and foremost and primary in your life. He says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things. What things? All things. That means things for life. That means money, rent, job, profession will be added unto you. See, when you keep God first and you're hot and pat, you you don't count your life dear to yourself. And you put God first. It's amazing. I like to say it this way. It's almost like you become magnetized by God. You're just walking through life, putting God first, doing your responsibilities, but always keeping God first and foremost. My relationship with him, my, my connectedness to him through the church, through the other members of the body, through service in the kingdom, 
doing my part, not only to build my life and my business or my profession, but building the kingdom of God. Are you building the kingdom of God? Right? What happens is it's like you become magnetized and as you're doing these things, but because you're putting God first and you're seeking him first, all of this stuff kind of like just starts to stick to you. It just starts to follow you. I don't understand how it happens. But you see, you can't hold your life dear to yourself. Can't do it. Your life can't be more important than God. He says, I don't count my life dear to myself that I may finish my race. See, I wonder how many people are really concerned about finishing their race. I wonder. I wonder how many people are really concerned about finishing their race. Are you really doing something for God? Are you making an impact? Amen. Or are you, just, are, are you just donned with the, with the title over your head Christian and you're, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where you are. But if you really want to finish your race and do it with great joy, that you come to the end with great joy, then you got to be, you, you got to put God first. Amen. And you got to be like Paul. He says, I've held nothing back. I, again, I'm going to say, I see so many Christians holding back. Oh, can't, you know, I don't want to do this. Oh, I don't want to get too involved. Oh, I can't tithe. I can't give. I'm not going to do that. I'll do anything. I'll, I love God. I give, Lord, I give you my whole life, but I won't give you my money. <laughs> and really, the truth of it is, when you give your money, it's the proof of you giving your whole life. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm just, I mean, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Says, Paul says, I hold nothing back. Giving it all. That I may finish my rest. I don't count my life dear to myself that I may finish my race and do it with great joy. It's great joy to to be radical for God. It's great joy to just give your all. Am I speaking to anybody here tonight? To finish my race with joy and the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus Christ to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. I have shown you in every way by laboring like this, (laughs) laboring like this, that you must support the weak. And remember the words of our Lord Jesus Christ that he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Wow. Man, so we've got to, we've got to be steadfast. We've got to do like Paul. And I'm, I'm just so encouraged because I see so many people within our church that are rising up. You know, some of you are, doing things, you know, you want to get involved in this and get involved in that and spread the gospel and touch people. Some of you are just called to pray. You know, we need prayers and you got to commit to that, that you're going to take a portion of time out of your day to pray for the church and pray for the leaders and pray for your pastor and (coughs) pray for the vision and the purpose and ministry and the outreaches and the radio. There's a lot of praying that has to go on. You know, some of you are rising up and connecting and helping and participating See, you got to be like Paul. He says, I held back nothing. That was helpful, but I did it. I gave it to you wherever I could. He said, and, and he says, but none of these things move me. I know I'm going now, I'm bound in chains, and I'm going to wait persecution, but none of these things move me. you got to be laser focused. Tune in tomorrow afternoon at 2 for More Than Conquerors with Pastor Ray. 
If today's message was a blessing to you, ask for your free CD of the broadcast for a gift of any amount to help support this radio ministry. Just mail your request with your check to More Than Conquerors or MTC, P.O. Box 8187, White Plains, New York, 10602. Be sure to include the date of the message you're requesting. If ordering a complete Bible study series, a minimum love offering of $20 is appreciated. Identify the series and include the word series in your order. If you simply want to sow a gift into the work of the MTC radio ministry, go to livingwordchurch.org and click on the Give Online Radio Ministry tab. Or send your check to MTC, P.O. Box 8187, White Plains, New York, 10602. Pastor Ray invites you to visit Living Word Church in person or via their weekly live stream broadcast Sunday mornings at 11 a.m. But before we go, here's a final word from Pastor Ray. This is Pastor Ray Hegistilianos. It's always a privilege to share the life-saving, life-changing Word of God with you, our listeners. And today, as always, I trust that these messages are impacting your life in a very positive way. Remember that as life's challenges come, we are more than conquerors. This has been More Than Conquerors with Pastor Ray Hegistilianos and is provided by Living Word Christian Church, White Plains, New York.